and welcome to Seize the GM. If you're looking to get started GMing, we're here to help. And if you're a GM with a few levels under your experience belt, we are here to help you find your prestige class. Let us take you through some common questions, concerns, and the fun challenges that every GM will face. We have our ideas, our opinions, and some might even say answers that we want to share. So pull up a chair, dust off your dice, and let us help you seize the GM. Welcome back to another episode. No, I can't do that. <laughs> I was going to let you go as long as you could without being your normal, effusive self. Oh, God. No, it's, it's, oh my gosh. Like, oh God, what was, I can't remember the damn movie, but it was just like the, yeah, um, uh, I can't, ah, it's going to drive me. Buckaroo Bonsai across the uh, eighth dimension. There was just by like, and talk, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, I made my wife watch that just recently. <laughs> Evil. Uh-huh. But that's not what we're here to talk about tonight. Well, we... At least not immediately. Well. True. No. But we do get to welcome back what I think may at this point be best friends of the pod from their repeated uh, appearances, as well as our absolute adoration of their work. That is that is possible. So who do we have? Hey, you have? turned me into a you turned me into a total fangirl for this. You know, it's like now it's like great. What? Now I've got another obsession. It's all your guys' fault. You're welcome. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'll take I'll take credit, take credit for that. Compliment. Oh, it's. <laughs> but as <sighs> you can hear, and if you are an avid listener, then you recognize the voices coming in from the 23rd century staff from our favorite developers of Battle Lords of the 23rd Century in its current 7th edition. Well, we're not here to talk about the current 7th edition. Mm-hmm. We're here to talk about something else. Oh, do tell. What segue have we possibly laid in front of you? Because, see, we are here to get bashingly savage with these gentlemen. Coming back from a dead land. <laughs> Coming back from a dead land. You're welcome. See? Because they are porting this bad boy into savage worlds. Now, we talked about this last episode, and we gave all of our fun thoughts about it. Sorry for the squee. I didn't mean to do that that loud on the mic. My bad. That's what post production is for. They don't know how loud it really was. No, they don't. <laughs> But instead, we are going to sit here and talk with them about all of the fun that is Savage Battle Lords. So a brief reminder, if you missed the last episode or generally are unaware of of these sorts of things, Savage Worlds is a gaming system that grew out of an earlier version of Deadlands. It has a... I would say pulp feel about it and has uh, been licensed for a number of people to make versions of games into a savage version uh, that can be played with that system. It is uh, more stripped down than, say, Battle Lords to begin with, but it is not so light as for me to call it a fully narrative game. And shortly there will be a Kickstarter to finish the Savage Battle Lords of the 23rd Century 
Savage Worlds port. All right, I got anything wrong? Sound good to us. <laughs> the only thing I would add is we're already into editing. Because just as soon as I got done with editing on fully armored, Tony's like, hey, here you go. I'm like, damn it, not even a day. <laughs> I, I was gonna like not mention that and just kind of like with my fingers crossed that that would have already like happened by the time this might come out and no one would notice. Mm. Yeah, but the one I, I I I am giving you guys mad snaps because like porting Battle Lords to Savage to the Savage World system. Well Savage World isn't, you know, the world's most super incredibly complex system where you need advanced calculus. It's no small task to pull off keeping all that that lovely crunch, that lovely world feel in that book. I mean, no, I, 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 all right, just let me get. It's like, it's like what when you wanted it when you first when you guys figured out you wanted to port it, how were you able to kind of pare down? as like, okay, what did we want to keep um, to make it give it that that wonderful Battle Lords feel? And you know, it's like, and how were you able to kind of make it? So it's still exactly the same, but somebody might play it and then like, ooh, I want to see the 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 full books and, and buy and get into like the full Battle Lords, like full game system. Like what was your approach in kind of porting it? Cause I'll be honest, I love it. <laughs> well, the the first step is to go in with winding overconfidence. And then uh, <laughs> um the uh over armored, over armed, and under talented. <laughs> That's right. Bullshit. You guys knew what the hell you were doing. Because I'm reading it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this makes sense. Um, it, I, it was sort of a repeat exercise, really, for us. I know that sounds weird. But when we did 7th edition, as, as Dave will attest, it was basically us streamlining and simplifying 6th edition. So we had already sort of gotten in that mindset and... When we were doing that, we we had experimented with just how far you could streamline the system, and sort of Savage Worlds uh, is a natural extension of that. Um, really, the the first step was figuring out what was going to be easy, um, and uh, and getting that done, and then working on what was not going to be so easy in in porting it over. Yeah, I'll I'll be honest because I'm I'm. I was reading it and and I, I I know me. It's like I'll start reading it and then I'm like, wait a minute, they made a reference to something like that in one of the earlier uh bio bits. I'm like, oh, okay. And it's really kind of cool to see it come together. But um yeah, I play let's say I played a lot of Deadlands. I haven't played Savage World, but I know Deadlands and I know it pretty well. And I'm like, oh, this feels and and I remember how it felt playing Deadlands. I'm like, oh, this would feel really awesome doing. You know, it, it's pretty much as like awesomeness will ex- exponentially explode as will gratuitous failure. And I'm like, oh, that fits so well. And I'm just doing like this, my little finger tippy tappy thingies. So it's like, was that one of the reasons also you chose going Savage Worlds as opposed to maybe some of the other like D20 or some of the other open open world systems? Um, well, we Actually, we get this question a lot. I don't know. If we, maybe we picked wrong. I'm not sure. But yeah, everybody always asks us, why Savage Worlds? Um, we knew right away there were some systems that we didn't want to use. Um, we ruled out 5e pretty early on. Um, and then others were ruled out just due to personal taste or the difficulty in porting our game over to those rule sets. And sometimes we felt like it'd be 
pounding a square peg through a round hole. Savage Worlds uh, is fairly adaptable. It already had a system in place for uh, other people to use it for their settings. Um, it does a lot of stuff really well. Uh, and so that would, it, it seemed like the natural way to go. Yeah. Cause it's a, for me, it's like, it's a great choice, but the, you know, the, the one thing about, you know, the world going digital and everything indie is like, there's a whole bunch of stuff out there. So I was just like, all right, what guy did this one is like, nope, this fits. And I'm like, I like it. Oh, it feels, it feels, I'll be honest. Is like, I don't own the, the Savage Worlds book. I was trying to make a character trying to get stuff off the Savage Worlds, you know, like quick start or whatever the heck I get my hands on to see what I could make because I didn't have the uh, the book and I lost all my credit cards because I'm an idiot. So I had to wait before I could buy it. <laughs> but it was not a lot. I'll be honest, not a lot of game worlds kind of make me want to do that. So, you know, it, it's... It, it, you na- I believe you nailed it because it was a it's a perfect mix of like the game mechanics and kind of crunch of Savage Worlds with the flavor of 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 Battle Lords. I, I liked it. So well, and, uh, thanks. Jordan you go over I'm, that, that's I, flattery. No, I can say I and I think I, I think Jules really kind of hits a lot of the points on the head. But you know, one of my questions for you is my experience has always been Savage Worlds has a, a kind of pulp feel. It's got that great success, great failure, and, and just kind of sudden, if you know the mechanics, the ability for certain dice to explode and your results to be, oh, wait, there we go. Did you find anything in that translation to the Savage World system that you felt particularly good about that you had not anticipated uh, when it kind of hit that kind of pulp feel? I think it definitely encourages more over-the-top action. Um, the example we always give is, you know, in classic battle wars, if you're, you're the Eridani and you charge out of the trench sword in hand running at the gun emplacement, uh, you're going to look like Swiss cheese in about a meter. Uh, but with savage battle wars, if you have the right feats and the right stats, you know, you're doing the triple backflip out of the out of the trench and you're dodging and weaving across the battlefield blocking shots with your sword and, and uh, before you, you cleave the, uh, the gun emplacement in twain with your, your plasma sword. So it, it certainly lends itself towards that, that over-the-top sort of action movie uh, feel. Uh, and again, the nice thing about Battle Wars, where you know, as long as you don't lose your head, even if you screw up, we're like, oh, well, we're just going to need to get you a new body. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's nothing, it, nothing a little hat box won't fix, right? Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll be, it, it still kind of spooks me a little bit. <laughs> just, the, just the concept of it. I'm like, mm. well, but and I, 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 know- I love that. I, I love that. That uh, the Battle Lords is a little bit more, so if you got like a little more, I guess, like tactic, tactic brained, but. This one feels a little bit more swashbuckly, a little bit more forgiving. So it also might be a great way to introduce folks into the Battle Lords world, where it's all right. You're allowed to mess up from time to time. Yeah. Well, I know that uh, Tony has kind of a lion's share of some of the crunchy bits. Uh, that's a at the moment, as far as we talk. 
And so for Tony, I, I was wondering if there was a particular Battlelords mechanic that was uh, challenging to kind of find the translation because I enjoyed the amount of fiddly bits that got added to the Savage World skeleton for Battlelords. Uh, it, it was really a lot of fun to kind of see how it accommodated some of those more uh, tactical and, and deep choices. And so I was wondering if there's a particular one or particular kind of group of them you found rewarding to work on. Yeah, the, um, you know, like I said, Savage Worlds does a lot of things very well, and we always tried to utilize an existing Savage Worlds game mechanic whenever we could uh, to sort of keep that learning curve low. Uh, the, the tough ones were where Savage Worlds did not have an equivalent mechanic. Uh, and usually that came down to uh, the the ablative or the wear down mechanics in Battle Wars. Battle Wars has a lot of things that you just have to wear down, and then eventually they fail. Armor, flux shields, um, things like that. Savage Worlds doesn't have a mechanic for any of that. As close as they get is counting to three for the number of wounds your character uh, can suffer. So that was really the tough part, is finding a way to replace that mechanic uh, that existed in Battle Wars for a lot of systems where you're you're wearing something down and keeping track of a number uh, over to a system where they don't want you to keep track of a number. They want you to look at the sheet and go, okay, I got to roll this and I got a negative two and I'm good. Um, you know, that number doesn't change. Uh, that was really the, the difficult part. Hmm. Okay. That's I'm sorry, but it, it's kind of one of the, one of the it's like it's diametrically opposed uh, functions within the game, and you still were able to marry them really, really well. I, I like I said, snaps to you and the the whole freaking team because, dang. <laughs> okay. But uh, the the uh, I guess I guess for me is the um, importing in in in. in Deciding to do this for uh, Savage for Savage Worlds and, and this is like I said it's phenomenal. It's like I didn't know if you would be thinking about like um, like also like in your in your because you have like really great quick start for Battle Lords doing kind of a uh, because you do because you have this in the book of okay this is it's a little bit different. Here's some of the things you can think about. Uh, talk and the other one is talk to your GM about this. I'm like thank you. You know, have fun. Thank you also for putting that in. But uh, you know, um, as maybe play testing comes along and and people have like, uh, quite like I said, the unknown unknown type of questions. Are you guys thinking of maybe putting up like an FAQ for the? Okay, nobody thought about doing that. Those people are crazy. We ought to put this up there because there's probably other crazy people. <laughs> oh, I mean, we love that crowd. I mean, that's that's the Battle Wars crowd. I mean, you know, Dave, Dave can tell you about the the FAQ and some of the questions we get with classic Battle Wars. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, it, we we will address those questions when they come in, and we, you know, normally we like those questions unless it's like, oh, you screwed up here. That math's not right. And, <laughs> damn, how do we miss that? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, because no, I said I liked how you do like the FAQs, and I was just like, okay, and I wanted to know if that was also going to be like part of the thing, like you know, as as Battle Lords grows, it grows in in the Savage World, you know, be something you might be doing for that because 
Oh, it's going to be fun. And oh, I will tell you right now, some of the war stories I am expecting to hear, I can't wait. What I, think, I think that kind of chains into one really immediate question, which is, mm-hmm. assuming the level of success that we are hoping for in the Kickstarter for Savage Battle, war, Battle Lords, are you intending or do you have ideas of what would follow in a Savage World style for the Battle Lords universe after success of this initial port? Uh, we've really got a scaled Kickstarter, so it will depend on the success of the Kickstarter. Essentially, if we hit our funding goal, that's print for the core rules. Uh, if we hit the next stretch goal, that's going to be um, the Carnage Companion, which is essentially a player's handbook that's already written. Um, and then if we hit the next stretch goal above that, that's going to be uh, the setting guide, which again is is already written. Dave is going through and editing the um, so we've got the first three books essentially done. Oh, so no. what you're saying is that if we don't make sure that your Kickstarter goes above and beyond, you will have wasted effort in this endeavor. Uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, I know me. <laughs> I will not let that happen. I, to, I Look, it's like the, to, when I was trying to build the character and uh, Zen and Gardemanger, you can they laughed, but it's like, I'm a big fan of Carbot animations, and I wanted to make, <laughs> I wanted to recreate Zealot Bob. <laughs> I want to recreate Zealot Bob as a fin- as a Fentari, and I'm like, I want to do that. And I'm looking at this. Yes, I can make I can make Zealot Bob as a Fentari, and then I'm like, No, you don't piss off Zealot Bob. And I swear, I will make sure people buy this because this is awesome. Like support it for crying out loud. I will stare at you. <laughs> I've got eyes on all sides of my head. Don't 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 pull this. <laughs> we're we're really hoping that uh, you know, given the existing fan base with Savage Worlds, um, that it's that the Kickstarter is a success. And the tagline for the for the game is bringing futuristic infantry armored combat to Savage Worlds. And I, I really designed it so that you know we hope everybody loves the Battle Lord setting. We love the Battle Lord setting, but uh, the way the core rules are designed is if you like the way the armor and weapons works, you you can pull that out and dump it into any other Savage Worlds setting, and it should work. So it yeah, well yeah, option. I was. Yeah. So you put, like, I, I was noticing modular that. design. Yeah, it's all modular. I, I did. That's whoa. that's how Savage Worlds generally works. Like you can you can pull bits and pieces from all over. Yeah, if re- you know remember, how to I know deadlines. That's the only one. That's the only one I know because that's that's. Right, but you could pull you could pull things out of Deadlands and use them in any other Savage Worlds game if you know how to meld th- like how it all kind of works the underlying parts of it. Yeah, Savage Worlds is really modular. Like it's design. It's kind of strange because like the fiddly bits it's like that burps, but not Savage Worlds. Right? <laughs> well, it's okay. So it has a lot of open space. It's fiddly. But it has a lot of open space so that you can do way more fiddly things than what the core is kind of made to do because they've left these big open spaces in the design elements. At least that's the way it always seems. That's why you can have like all of these crazy different versions of Savage Worlds because. That's kind of one of the elegances of an open setting or an open rule set like that. So if somebody wants 
you know, highly customizable mechanized battle armor, uh, you know, in their setting. We've got rules now to model that in Savage Worlds. Who wouldn't yeah. want highly customizable armor? I mean, come on. That's right. I, I well, want see- it. Give me. <laughs> Give me. Actually, I was thinking, like, when I was reading through this, so um, I was just like, you know what you could do with this? You could totally take the armor and weapon systems and basically port it into, just pull those out and throw them into a modern world and have bubblegum crisis. The anime. You bastard. (laughs) Oh, but that's what I was thinking of. And you could do it with this. because, But see, there wasn't anything like that before in Savage Worlds anywhere. And they brought that. Yeah, especially with the way the mobility systems and armor works. You, know, you have you bouncing around like a Super Bowl. Yeah. Which is terribly important if you're going to be playing with uh, Bubblegum Crisis. Yeah. But... <laughs> I haven't uh, watched I just, that in decades. I just no one has. <laughs> oh, I love Bubblegum Crisis. I, I have the role-playing game version of Bubblegum. The, the, that's a um, Pondsmith. Yes. Yes. I'd say the, the Bessem or the Pondsmith one? Um, Pondsmith. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If, there are some deep-cut games out there, guys. If you're yeah. just listening along, <laughs> you may have realized... And- some of us know about them. Yeah, and well, here, let's see the other thing, that the fact that the staff here, the developers are also familiar with it, so if you're also an anime fan, know that they, they're they thinking about you, so support it. I command it. Well, and I, I you know, followed and, and was a backer for a previous Savage Worlds port of a, you know, rather crunchy but very rich setting that was, you know, pretty gear-heavy. That would be Rifts, the Savage Rifts setting. And I, I, as I was reading the Savage Battle Lords port, I was reminded in the best ways of what was in the Savage Rifts ports. In taking kind of the richness of a setting and translating it to that new system while keeping enough of what, what makes that setting and system unique um, for it. And, and it was, we're talking about Savage Battle Lords, so I will say that I think that the uh, mechanized armor and its individual ability to be uh, customized is superior in Savage Battle Lords. We will make the praises for that. Uh, but that it was a, another kind of triumph in the richness of the setting, uh, being able to carry a different kind of mechanic. And I, I wanted to make sure I said that while we had you here, and I could say you're on the list of some of the best Savage World ports I have seen in the last 10 years. I, that, I appreciate that, and that's good to hear, because we haven't really had anybody look at it outside of our playtesters. <laughs> so it's it's good to get... Uh, some some more outside eyes on it. Um, I know that the last person I talked to uh, about it um, did point out that Savage Worlds players can be a little defensive of their game system if people are porting something over to it and they don't like it, or they well, I shouldn't say they don't like it. If they think it's been done poorly, um, they're not shy about letting you know. <laughs> yeah, 
It, well, and this is one where the fiddly bits that are added, in my opinion, are added elegantly. It's not just bolted on to disguise Savage Worlds underneath what you're doing. And I think that is something the Savage fan base will appreciate, is that uh, the, the addition of the fiddly bits is in service of the game as a Savage port, and not the game uh, standing alone. Yeah, that was That's one of the goals we really had for this, is really how do we provide something that really fits in and augments what's there and gives some, you know, gives people in the Savage that are really into Savage worlds and like to be able to play with lots of different you know, settings and themes, give them other toys they can play with and give them ways to think differently in the space. And, you know, for those who like battle lords, but, uh, you know, don't want have a group that's really wanting to get into that kind of crunch, be able to kind of bring them into a world that, that'll still work and still keep all the feel. So, trying to balance those things so we can kind of get a lot of really good opportunities from a setting perspective, good opportunities from a mechanics perspective, and just a good gameplay. Oh, and in the development, did either of you, you know, in playtesting or more recently in development or earlier, have any like, characters or character concepts that kind of struck you that you built or are playing around with uh, to help test out the Savage Battle Lords? Um, I'm not sure I should say this in front of Jules. <laughs> there is a Fantari, uh, you know, a lot of this, the classic Savage World, Savage World's edges, like two gun kit, where it allows you to, you know, put a gun in each hand and blast away. There are, I think, slyly named equivalents for the species. Uh, there oh, are species specific yeah. edges. And my personal favorite is four gun squid. I saw that, and I, 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 please don't be bad. I took a small picture of just the name of it and sent it to my buddy, uh, to my buddy who actually ran our Deadlands game. I said, "This is coming into Savage World." Check, and I said, "Check the name here." And she writes back, "Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh!" And I, I thought that was lovely. I, I, it, I love like the, and I noticed this. These are teeny weeny little callbacks to, you know, it's like. Not Battle Wars, but Savage Worlds, and it and it's kind of the genesis in Deadlands. And I'm reading that, I'm like, oh, this fits too nicely. And then you read, I love also the the naming conventions. You they just what you call it a lot of the uh, the ed, you know merits flaws slash edges hindrances depending on whatever you know edition you're reading how they fit so well. Uh, but when you read them, you also and this is what kind of blew me away in a in a very just ooh. Your world building, when you are describing, you know, it's just like, you know, eyes in the back of your head kind of a thing, you know, it's just like you're making all these references, but it's building the the psychology almost of, of the race without giving it, you know, a, a planet of hats kind of feel, you know, just with the naming and description. So, hey, I know what the mechanic is, but you also get the feel for how it kind of fits in with, you know, like I said, I, I the French are, it's like, I... Darn it, I, I'm a Fentari lover. It's like, I will be designing a tattoo for it because that's how much I like them. Darn it. Well, make make sure to send us a picture. Promise. Um, but yeah, we, we did that with a lot. That was one of my favorite things about it is coming up with the species-specific edges where you're only eligible to get those edges if you're that particular species. And um, you know, this, The Fentari equivalent of Frenzy and Improved Frenzy is uh, Walking Cuisinart and Walking Woodchipper. 
Exactly. Um, they're they're using four weapons instead of two. Um, there are a lot of cool Eridani edges um, that are related to their swords and and, and martial skills. Um, you know, and uh, when, hopefully people enjoy that. When you were coming up for the the species edges, were you uh, were you consciously kind of doing the the world building of these various races when you were coming up for okay, what does it do? The name, stuff like that, or just that? Nope, this reads really easy. It fits because when you're reading them. Just like the the photography feel the the edges feel very like you know uh, a little hopped up on adrenaline kind of a feel, but you're reading some of the um ah cat folks the cat that ah, I can't remember Tizerax. thank you they they yeah. feel much more when you're reading it just add the 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 descriptions and stuff feel much more like uh smooth agile lithe. I don't know if that was intentional, but I found that really interesting. Uh, hopefully uh, other re readers pick up on that. Um, that's something that we've done in Battle Wars, um, even the older editions from day one, is we give a lot of the lore. There, there's not just a section called Battle Wars stuff. Uh, you know, we give a lot of the lore in the descriptions of the species, of the equipment, of the, the, uh, the you know, weapons and armor. You're learning about the universe as you're reading through that rule book. There's not just a section that says this is the Battle Lords universe. You're going to read pages 44 to you know 50. It's it's throughout the book, and particularly in the species, you're learning a lot about the settings. Um, but the, uh, um, the 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 all those edges came out of the Battle Lords lore. Um, there may be a few that we put in there because we we're like, this is really cool. We need to put that in there. Um, <laughs> like the uh, the uh, Aerodyne sword shield uh, comes to mind. But um, the uh, most of them came out of the old species-specific I-was-just-growing-up tables. We had some playtesters doing some deep dives through the lore. And they're like, what about this? And they would come up with this obscure phrase. And I was like, where did you find that? And they're like, oh, it's in the I-was-just-growing-up table for the Chitalians back from 1986. I'm like, well, we should totally make that an edge. Uh, and we did that a lot. Because I think it's actually kind of neat doing that because pulling it, it's, it's, you know, also calling back to the old lore uh, that some of the new players, you know, I, I like I said, I, I am angry. I came to this late because I missed out on cool stuff, but it kind of gives a feel just like, uh, so those past bits aren't forgotten. I, I, I like that. I think that's, I didn't know that. I think that's really, really neat in uh, it. You know, not a lot of usually if if you think about it, it's like, OK, with a new edition, you scrub the old. This one is just like that. Nah, we had some old stuff. The mechanics ain't fitting, but oh, we found a way to put it in. Yeah, and so, it was it was really about bringing those bits of detail. You know, we've got 30 plus years of history for Battle Lords, and it was about really getting that some of that uh, history and, uh, and the richness of the setting uh, in an easily accessible and digestible format for the, the, the new players. So here's uh, the th what would you find? It's like to, if you're, I mean, look, it's like, I, I, I'll be honest. I'm probably one of the, the scariest kind of zealots. Cause I am a new convert, but uh, how it, the thing is for, for introducing a new player to this or having a person that's never GM'd uh, battle Lords or, 
uh, or since this is also new, a complete new system for uh, Savage World, is like, what would you recommend that they start with? What would you recommend that they read? Would they brush up on? You know, what is, you know, everyone's like, oh yeah, I understand what the heck your powers do. Yeah, the standard, but specifically to give what they're playing slash running slash building a Battle Lords feel. That's a tough question. Um, I'm sorry. Dave, I know you're fine, Dave. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I like to encourage people to look for dark, for humor, gritty, and look in, in uh, oddly, not at Battle Lords, but really to, to look at how common themes come up because a lot of this really feels very similar to some of the things you see in like Blade Runner fifth element where you have the haves and have nots you have those who are in their ivory tower and, and almost literally in the case of um blade runner right um or zorg and his really tall tower um and then you have the people who are not or altered carbon you know there's those who have those who do not and that theme is one of the pervasive themes there there's the ultra rich and there's everybody else and lives get turned around because someone just decided you know what fire fire five million yeah, I know we only need to fire a hundred thousand, five fire five million, and that is kind of one of those things that kind of helps. It's just getting into that thought process of of describing the universe in that context of, yep, you're now going to go do this thing where you're going to have to stop all these arachnids, and we gave you a pointy stick, but you can do it. And if not, we'll send a few more people after you. <laughs> Well, the good news is we even have additional people dropping in just to keep going with our interview. And so before we get too much further and ask additional crazy questions, we'll let them weigh in on, on the same sort of Battle Lords questions you've already been fielding without them, as far as their most rewarding thing to port into Battle Lords and anything they surprisingly found uh, desirable to want to play inside a Savage Battle Lords game once they started playing around with it. If you really introduce who they are, who just popped in, just magically materialized within the podcast. Oh yes, this is Kurt the Viking. I'm just uh, arriving from teaching young scouters how to uh, play with chemicals. So, um, yeah. Chemistry High fives. Fun. So, um, but uh, let's see. Mine, I'm I'm really kind of looking forward to um, uh, playing with some of the new edges. Um, not terribly familiar with uh, with Savage World, so yeah, the edge in the system. I'm really kind of interested in seeing what we can play with and and how those are going to work. So, a Ram Python, you know, with uh, uh, some of the edges that. I was reading through as as we we're uh, evaluating it. Sounds like it's going to be some fun. Well, I mean, if you don't take the Death Noogie Edge with your Ram Python, are you really playing Battle Lords? That was actually one of the hardest edges to engineer because Ram Pythons are already really well designed for crushing stuff. That, I missed. We... I overlooked Death Noogie. Yeah, and we were like, "How do I make Apparently. them better at crushing just?" Using Savage Worlds mechanics. It, it, it really is an inspired kind of. This takes a few steps, and I'm having to go. Hmm. 
in Savage Worlds, but it does it, and you're like, all righty, yeah, okay. The closest a ram gets to thinking. <laughs> Putting his yeah, fist through somebody else's brain. Exactly. Also, how they get creative. You start from the bottom end and go up, make a meat puppet. Oh, la, 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 la. <laughs> Look, my Razat medic does not like that because that's a lot of things to have to fix with duct tape. Right. <laughs> and, and crazy glow? If, if it's a Razette, he can just, if he can't fix it, he can just eat it. That's right. I mean, technicalities, you don't need all of those organs. I have ways to replace them. It'll be fine. Trust me. I just have to tweak your electrolytes. He needs the calories in order to save your life. You can sacrifice a kidney. I've already taken care of this boat. I'm disposing of not, not it. There will be nothing <laughs> left for them to find. <laughs> Why did you eat that pineapple? <laughs> I, uh, I yes, I, I, I may have made a reset medic uh, from inspiration from reading through the book. So that's, you know. He'll get along really well with the Fintari. Yes, probably. Uh, just considering a trail of appetizers in his way. <laughs> cons- considering, like I said, I am trying to build Zelabob as a Fintari. You know, from Zelabob from Carbot Animations. So, you know, Brian Rod, ah, you know, slaughtering everything. But yeah, eventually. But It's a Rosette medic with a lot of healing and a sniper rifle. As long as you have a Fintari, you'll never starve. I'm not going to be hungry. I'm going to be busy. Uh, so here, here's the, because uh, I know that you were doing like a lot of play testing as you were like developing what have you. It's like, what were, what were certain things that you, you know, you didn't think would like come up as like player favorites or GM favorites in, in doing this that you were kind of surprised about? You're like, ooh, you know something you might want to as you know things goes like maybe lean into or uh maybe iterate on or, or have more fun with um it was it was probably certain species and like building edges for those species i'm trying to think of what you know what the play tester favorites were um it, it was clear that certain certain players play testers rather had really their favorite species. Um, I mean, the the uh, the number of Orion edges, um, uh, you know, for for just causing chaos is is way up there. I knew we had hit you know peak Orionness when somebody said, "Well, what if you could, you know, deliberately trigger your laughing in the face of danger uh, uh, species hindrance?" And I went, okay. And then they're like, but what if it's so disturbing that it your your enemies have to make a fear check? <laughs> I was like, okay, we hit peak, all right. So you're basically just running across the battlefield, cackling like an idiot. Like, yes, like that. That's funny. <laughs> Sounds vaguely Colicfulu-esque. Yeah. yeah. Man, okay, I didn't make. I didn't. Sorry, I didn't make that connection. That's kind of cool. Yeah, you know, you'd end up with madnesses, and sometimes you'd be like, "I'm fighting you." <laughs> okay. Hmm. 
<laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I think everybody had different different elements of the game that were their favorites, whether it was a species or a set of edges that that were a progression. You know, I can get this and then I can get this and then I can get this one. Um, uh, you know, so, uh, with me, it was the interaction that we finally got out of the weapons and armor that took a lot of tweaking and and, and play testing. So I think everybody had their favorite parts. I'm, I'm still stuck on four gun squid. Classic. It's absolutely fair. I still, I'm sorry. That is probably one of my favorite because I, I was ready to get, and I, you know, it's like I said, I, I, I sent it to, uh, at least to my old Deadlands GM and my husband, and just like the the fact is, he's he was taking a sip of his uh of his uh Red Bull, and he just put his hand up to his mouth, and he's just shaking. I'm like, oh, it's like he's like I'm trying not to choke on this, so I. I said it's you world build even in naming like the edges, the hindrances in describing. I, I I'll be honest. I like that the since it's yeah you know, it's Savage Worlds, so you can't have like huge multi book descriptions on all the races. But the this is what we think of you know the world. This is what we think of you know X Y Z. And there's like that like the one thing I did like was the uh, one on time. Which I especially is especially in a big war kind of a thing. I know that does kind of mess with your perception of time, if I recall correctly. So I was just like, ooh, a, a little bit of you know gives flavor to the the race and the characters and and stuff like that. It's it, you know, it's it's hard trying to describe like such a complex world with the complex interplay. Is like, how are you able to to kind of shave it down so it's like digestible? for savage worlds you know it's like, i know you said you you kept like iterating and iterating but you know it's you have a whole bunch of other books that go into so much more detail trying to decide which is the most important details without making it kind of generic aka planet of hats how are you able to do that well as tony said earlier we had to do that for the core rules there's a reason why it's the surprisingly svelte in the original seventh edition i'm talking about 500 and 50-ish pages or whatever it is, and 5.5 pounds. It's that two and a half, almost two and a half kilos of weight because we're like, we, we got to have this, we got to have that. And then we're like, okay, we, we got, we got to stop. We got, we start, we got to start cutting. And then it's like, well, how do we, how do we, how do we keep this true and and keep all the cool stuff in there? We're like, okay, we got to cut till it hurts. Sorry. Um, but it's it's to your point earlier. It's it's really also integrating things at every level, everywhere we can kind of tuck in a little piece that references back to other pieces. It just helps being self-referential around the, the content and putting it in even in the descriptions of the species and giving you background about how they've interacted in the past, which gives you insight into, okay, well, they may be a little bit, you can see why they might be as, uh, like the team may not be as interested in being around Mutsakans or Tertillians or whatever. And you can kind of, you can figure out how they might have a perception of the Alliance. For example, yeah, I think it really, you know, Dave, Dave hit it on the head in terms of getting that lore in there wherever we could. I, you know, my, my focus was getting a lot of that is, as he, as he said, was in the, the species, and a lot of that was getting getting those descriptions so people could see, you know, what it's like to play that species, how it interacts with the other species, and get some of the lore and setting in there. You know, if you're flipping through that first, you know, 20 pages of the book, and you're like, oh, those guys are cool. And then you read about them, and you're like, oh, I want to play one of those. Well, then then my job's half done. 
um, you know, then then the rest is just more cool stuff. So that uh, and and to Kurt's credit, you know, he he wrote most of the species stuff, um, and then it was my job to try and trim it down <laughs> to get into battle or the savage battle arts, uh, which was again not an easy job, uh, trimming it till it hurts. Because like uh, one of the things uh, I did technical writing for a number of years, so every sentence in there had to mean something and had to tell you something different about the species. So, you know, distilling that down even more, um, it's, it's definitely a, a serious job. <laughs> That's where uh, the other thing I would suggest is when people want to get into it, pick a species, read everything on that species. Don't worry about everything else. Just pick out that species because you'll also start to pick up. Well, if I'm a Sizzerac, I'm going to look at pythons a little bit differently. I'm going to look at all the males a little differently. And you'll start to get a flavor for one species. And from there, you get an insight into all the other species. Yeah. Actually, I find that kind of kind of interesting also, because you're able to learn about the world and, and the the interactions by just playing one species, you know, something that kind of calls to you. And, uh, best, ah, come on, sorry, my brain is being a bit of a jerk. I blame the bear. But, uh, was that actually kind of when you were building this up was like, it's like, you know what, just pick something and you can start learning and then you might get interested, then read everything else about it and kind of like iterate on that, that same process again. Was that part of the, uh, the, the methodology and how you were building this? I, I think as far back as I can remember, you, you really got the core of the battle orge setting by reading through the species section. And, uh, you know, Dave made a great point. Just just pick one that you like and, and play with that. And um, it'll give you your, that, that at least that species perception of everybody else. But my favorite part is that's a tainted perception. Uh, you know, it's it's for that species how they, they may not like everybody else. They're definitely not going to like everybody. Um, and so, yeah, then eventually you learn, um, about, about the rest of the setting by reading through the other species and you, that just that part alone should give you a pretty good idea of hopefully of the battle or setting. Yeah. And that's, and that's a kind of a key point because part of the intent, the original creator Larry Sims had was just to remind people that we all have our perspectives and everyone's coming from somewhere else. And you still got to come together to get things done. And that was, you know, that kind of that core theme of, you know, a lot of people that may not like each other may even have old grudges against each other, species to species conflicts that are in the past, not maybe that all that distant past, but you've got a job to do and you've got to you know, do your job and work together and trust everyone, even the Fentari. Well, okay, maybe not as much trust the Fentari, but rely on the Fentari a little bit about certain key things carefully with some guiding. Know what they are good for. Yes, point them in that direction. It'll be fine. Yes, 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 absolutely fine, my Fantari friend. That that's I've I've talked about this before, but that's one of my favorite things about Battle Lords is there's all this strife um and prejudice between the different species, but what differentiates us from the Dungeons and Dragons thief, don't trust that person, they're gonna backstab us for sure, is that in Battle Lords, you may not like person next to you but you know for the most part they've got your back because if they mess around you're all going to die so it's very much that you're forced to get the mission done you're forced to work together even though you may not like the person next to you you're all support characters 
Yeah. Well, and, and that's because it ties into so much of the the military mindset where, you know, like if if you ask like, you know, anybody that served, it's like, what color is that guy? Oh, he's green. He's just a darker green than me. Yeah. You know, everybody's green. It doesn't matter. We're we're all here to do this thing and it doesn't matter what we actually look like because the thing that needs to get done, that's the only thing that actually matters. And yeah, I may not like him as a person, but we still have to do this thing. <laughs> well, he's green, he's Navy. So he gets me to the point or he's air force. So he gets me to the point, right? <laughs> you know, that's about the biggest, uh, uh, it's just, you know, slight rivalry between the two. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and, and that's exactly what it is. So, yeah, it's it's one of those things where when you start looking at it, it's like, yeah, that's just how it goes. I mean, even even those that may not like each other, they're still going to be at least amicable in the time frame <laughs> because they have to. Yeah. Because otherwise, one or both or, you know the entire group are all going to die because you won't let go of this grudge that you may have had from, you know, like your grandfather. So. Man. So question is, is like, um, when one, the kicks, uh, when is this? Bleh, bleh, I can't speak to that. Apologize. When is the Kickstarter going to be going up? Uh, probably mid to late April. Um, the it's pretty much ready to go right now, except for art um, and us setting our funding goal, which we're we're still looking at different printing quotes that we'll need to to finalize before we set our funding goals. But um, right now, we've got Nicole over at Devious World Designs working on our new Kickstarter video and Kiki working on the cover. Uh, actually, I just, before I got on with you guys, finished doing the mock-up of the Savage Battle Wars Core Rules cover because Kiki just sent over uh, the cover art uh, tonight. Oh, it is awesome. And, uh, <laughs> it's her best work yet. And it's, that's saying something. <laughs> It, it, it's um, I think if you've seen a Savage Worlds because the Deadland covers are a perfect example. You, they're usually the artwork in the middle, and you've got the black strip on the top with the game name and the black strip on the bottom that says Savage Worlds. Um, yeah. We we've done basically mimicked that same thing, um, except with ours, the cover is it, let's just say it's fairly gory. So we can we can tailor the amount of gore the viewer sees by moving the black bands at the top and the bottom of the cover. Would there by chance be a Kickstarter reward of having that image as a poster or uh, wallpaper available? Um, we can probably make it available as a digital wallpaper. Uh, just just an idea. Just uh, had a sudden thought. <laughs> It's it, it it would not be an exaggeration to say the cover features an, an Eridani sword and gun in hand standing on a pile of bodies uh, in mid-decapitation of their enemy. And I'm done with this guy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Next. Next. Now my, serving 3,206. My favorite story was I was talking to, to, to these guys and Michelle, who is not here, and I was like, is it, is it too gory? Are we going to, like, freak people out or scare people off? And we were blathering back and forth, and <laughs> Michelle goes, it's not peace, lords. That's for damn sure. <laughs> oh, my. That is, like, that is I'm very true. I, sorry, I'm imagining it. And I'm like, oh, yes, this is awesome. I, I wish I don't think there's a way I can send. I can attach files to to uh, uh, to the to the stream here. Otherwise, I would send you a copy. Uh, That's not, a question for another time when we yeah, have not, a post-production not editor, this, but <laughs> we, we don't have as many people who can fix it in post on this one. And so. <laughs> I am curious as far as we already know that there's at least two or three potential books ready at the uh, appropriate level of Kickstarter rewards. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you now want to add to a Savage Battle Lords setting that is not in the works yet? Is there anything that you've realized? you want to see happen that is not yet happening that would be you know a second kickstarter after this one succeeds horribly well um i think uh, you know because you, you lose some granularity with the porting battle wars over to savage battle wars um i i think by the time you get the core rules and the carnage companion book you're probably at peak gear um, so what I would like to do if if it's successful is to basically put out a book of additional um, alien species for people to play and and the the edges that are that are species specific for them. I mean, Battle Words has a whole roster of aliens that we haven't gotten to yet in either classic edition or uh, uh, or Savage Battle Words uh, like the Ashanti and the and then Gemini, and we've got we've got a bunch out there that we could uh, we could have. And I think that would be a lot of fun. And that would be very cool. <laughs> I, stop, that would be I, very cool. I gotta stop drooling. <laughs> <laughs> we can so, go with like Beyond the Rift and stuff too, going way back. Ooh. Well, and the dangerous part is, as I mentioned early on, I. Th- think you guys have like become not just friends of the pod but you're on the best friends of the pod because we love chatting with you and love the work and and we have you back as much as we have but we also are running close to that time where the uh, great podcast gods in the sky look at us funny and go really are you sure <laughs> i know but, all right so before we close i have i have one question for us uh, for a for a new person, since we are specifically seize the GM, and for somebody that's running this for the first time, what is a basic kind of idea of a of a game campaign, uh, you know, theme idea you think would be good for a you know new GM to run it for uh, Battle Lord Savage Worlds? Just a brief idea, just to kind of you know give them something to build off. What would you What would you all recommend? Dave, Dave Kurt, oh, Kurt start. Kurt was the last in. We'll make him go first. <laughs> um, well, there's 
it, it is battle lords. So, I mean, if you want an easy start where you can build them up, you can give them anything you want, put them in the toughest armor you want, depending on the mission, start with a military campaign. I mean, that way you can give them all the gear you want. They don't have to worry about money. All they got to do is worry about uh, leveling up and they can see and play everything. They pick their species, they get it all lined up and you get to see and play everything and then go back and do your mercenary or, or whatever you like after that. But get that feel of going from, okay, I've got a sharp pointy stick and I'm supposed to kill these guys to now I'm in, you know, um, uh, ultra armor and I'm blasting away entire hordes. Give, give them that feel. Let them enjoy it. Mm, yeah. Neat. Well, I think I've asked a good bit of questions and, and I had a good <laughs> bit of commentary already. But, but, if you had but one single battle, savage battle lords NPC that you would command unto various GM tables, who would that be? The, uh, the, the one I always go with is the uh, the pirate with delusions of grandeur. And as, as, as he's growing his pirate army and, and his empire, he begins expanding his fleet and taking over uh, uh, s small independent worlds. And your characters keep running afoul of him um, from when he's a, a petty criminal all the way up to, to when he becomes a, a planetary dictator. Um I think those are those are always fun campaigns uh, for me. Just make sure to give him mental shielding so the the Chitalian in your group doesn't melt his brain during the first encounter. Words of wisdom. Yeah, right. <laughs> fun to bring in Jacquesaris Fintari too, you know. Ah, uh, well, yeah. Dang. Well. <sighs> You know, I am I am drawing a blank on a final question here. So, because <laughs> that happens from time to time. Um, Zen's final question is, if you reach your maximum stretch goal on the Kickstarter, will you come back and play a game of Savage Battlelords with us to record? Yeah, we can probably do that. Uh, Ooh, that would be awesome the um, we've got a lot of cool stuff planned for that kickstarter you know people who are familiar with savage worlds know that you know you use uh, a poker deck for initiative and you use a lot of times you use poker chips to track your bennies uh, our art director is working on a battle card deck and battle words poker chips that will hopefully be available as add-ons uh, during the kickstarter I mean, I have to back it just so I can get those as add-ons for other games. <laughs> Heck yeah! Right? Get it. I want those. Oh my gosh, yes. And uh, I, I would encourage everybody to pick up the, uh, the Quick Start rules. They're free. We have free Quick Start rules available right now for Classic Battle Lords and Savage Battle Lords. Um, they're on DriveThruRPG, um, and you can grab them there and check it out. And, and we have a link to there. your uh, main site in the doodly-doo, so... Uh, your main site, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Discord are all linked in the thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> if you join the Discord, tell them Seize the GM sent you, and we will love you forever and possibly give you brownie points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. these, these can be cashed in for actual brownies when you find me in person. He knows how to cook. His name's Gardemanger for a reason. It's it's true. <laughs> well, guys, it has been a blast. And and I apologize for my over-the-top fangirlness again, because I know me. <laughs> we, we love the enthusiasm. No apologies. <laughs> no apologies. Just have fun. And What's I do promise. We'll and I promise once I get every interview. <laughs> and I promise once I get the uh, Fantari tattoo, I will be. Sa- I'll sh- I'll share pictures. Awesome. <laughs> who who uh, whoever has uh, access to your 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 Twitter email, I will send you guys the mock-up cover, and they they'll ha- they they will have to be responsible for forwarding it to the rest of the group. Uh, oh, so that means I would have to. <laughs> <laughs> I might just hoard it. <laughs> hoard it. Hold out the mm. lately. <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of some intra-party strife. Right? <laughs> so what it do is I get out of the deal, guys? All right. Well, it has been fun as usual. When the Kickstarter goes live, we will definitely be tweeting about it, posting it everywhere. Which should um, just be a few weeks from when you hear this, if you listen to it as soon as it drops, by yeah. my calculation, late April of 2022. So if you are listening to this when it comes out, keep your eyes peeled. If you are listening to it sometime in the future, double check. And if the Kickstarter is still going, pledge money, get your rewards. If you listen to it in the far-flung future or are listening to it again, go back on the Discord Tell them that Seize the GM sent you and give them big thumbs up and make sure you already have the books that are now, you know, readily available at your local and neighborhood gaming store. Right? As well at 23rdcentury.net slash battle lords. You can download the uh, quick start rules, pre-order the newest editions, look at some really freaking kick-ass art. So. (laughs) Okay. So. Battle Lord staff, before we sign off, your last words. We appreciate you guys having us on. Thanks for the enthusiasm. Hopefully, everybody will like Savage Battle Wars as much as uh, you guys did. And uh, again, thanks for having us on. When in doubt, nuke them from orbit. It's only way to be sure. Sure. Excessive firepower. <laughs> no, violence isn't always the best approach. It's often the most direct, right? Or the only. <laughs> Or the only, yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. And from all of us here at Seize the GM, remember... Have fun. Play some games. And roll some dice. And we will see you all next time. (laughs) Stay safe, everyone. Thanks for checking in. It was a blast sharing our thoughts and ideas on our time. We hope that you had a great time with us and could hardly wait to share the next show. In the meantime, let us know how you handle this topic in your own games. You can find us on most social media platforms, especially Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you want to follow us, search for Seize the GM. And if you just want to follow one of us, search for our names on the social media platform of your choice or 
go to SeizeTheGM.com for convenient links. Seize the GM is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. All copyrighted material referenced herein are held by the respective owners. No infringement intended and no claim of ownership is Once again, thanks to you, our listeners. We hope you gained some ideas for your ongoing games. Or the inspiration to run your first. Now get out there and play some games. Roll some dice. Be safe, and you'll hear from us again soon.